The rich have always made the rules. Rules about tax savings, social security, required minimum distributions, financial do's and don'ts. But they don't tell you what those rules are. Because if you knew the rules, you could take advantage of them like the wealthy do. Where do you go to learn about these rules? And how do you take advantage of them for your benefit? Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. That's Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. <laughs> Your place for news, talk, information. We're going to get get into, I don't know, maybe a little bit of math this morning. So kind of keep that close at hand. Keep it with you because uh, this is math. There's no political sociological impact on math, just so you know. As much as you want to have an excuse, your dog ate your homework, COVID, right? Everybody blames, sorry, your order, COVID. Oh, I wish we could have it, but COVID. (laughs) COVID ate my homework. It's gone, COVID. Just blame it on everything. There's some real things that the reaction to the Chinese Wuhan flu COVID-19 has occurred. You know why it's COVID-19, by the way? Does anybody even ask that question? Because in 2019, right, November, December is really when we first saw it. And by the way, COVID is something that has been around forever. So they know how to treat it. They know that masks didn't prevent it. It's the similar virus. It has a different thing. They had research. They already had vaccines that were you know, in trial of, of a, a certain sort along the way. So that's what President Trump did. He went to the path of least resistance and said, what do you guys have on the, the chopping blocks and on this side? And what do you have on the uh, precursors to development on that side? And let's take a look. Let's not recreate the wheel. It's already in existence. So that's what he did. Put the right team in force. Surprise, the vaccine is there everywhere. For people, okay. Well, that's it's a very interesting thing because COVID is a part of our society. It always has been. It's a virus. You're going to be exposed. I know this is a shock. If you go back to my shows a year and a half ago, I said the same thing. Surprise! Everybody's going to get it or be exposed to it. Why? Because it's too late. By the time we knew about it, people had been traveling the world already for for months. So it isn't a secret. This whole I'm going to live in a bubble and you know wear positive pressure masks that uh, create an opportunity. Okay, I guess you can. Listen, good people that tied their shoes every day, good people that went to work, cared for their family, made dinner, took showers, drove cars, good people flipped over the edge on this. You know that. They went from barely hanging on, although they looked like they did all those things I mentioned, to now flipping on the other side and saying, 
you know, my gosh, I can't see you. I can't touch you. I have to live in a bubble. I have to wear three masks, two sets of gloves, drive in my car with the windows closed. (laughs) You guys have seen this. Drive around any city, even some of the the more common sense related cities. You're still going to have those people that did all those things, tied their shoes, went to work, all of that stuff, who were mentally on the edge. I don't mean bad people, but psychologically kind of barely hanging on. And then something like this happens and you pull up next to them on a light, you know, at a light, stoplight, and you see they're wearing a mask, the windows are closed, there's nobody else in the car and they have gloves on. Common sense has left the building. So psychological things like that, you guys, I I think you have to dig deep and find it. Some of them might be you. I, I, I wish it isn't, but it might be. Some will say you have to be a little bit on the edge to to listen to my shows. So maybe that's the right person that maybe it's all of you. So I I want you to come back to center, come back to common sense. Realize that that you've been, uh, you know, drying your hands on the hot dryer in a yucky, stinky gas station's bathroom for years. And you're not dead yet. Right. Bacteria thrives in warm heat, moist environments. So you've already been doing those things. You, you, you've kissed people, you've hugged people, you've you've picked stuff off stuff uh, stuff off the table uh, at, at the restaurant and just put it right back on your plate or in your mouth. Right, you've done all of these things eight minutes before you knew COVID existed, and you're still alive. But surprise, it had existed for months prior. Okay, so so don't think yourself as somebody who is, oh, this uh, you know I could die any minute now. Yeah, you could. You can get hit by a bus. We had a client last week sliding down a slide somewhere between the top of the 39-year-old man, no health problems, somewhere between the top of the slide and the bottom of the slide has a heart attack. Nobody knows why or what, no alcohol, no drugs, uh, half of a drink actually, and he died. Father of, of three and husband, hardworking guy, good guy. So, so I'm, I'm telling you this, nobody knows what's going to happen. So take a deep breath and step back. What's the, that's some of the psychological side, but what's the, the side that I think most of you are not paying attention to? Because look, people don't know. The worker shortage, the phony COVID reaction reduced worker shortage has created a lot of companies, a lot of industries, especially that lower tier right? Fast food industry, uh, redundant manufacturing type jobs, minimum wage plus a little bit type of jobs, right? That group, that organization of people, surprise, they're replacing you with robots. Here's why you need that level of people to still work little bit of a course. Remember I told you there's going to be maybe a little calculator involved or certainly some math. In the, in the worker class environment, in other words, employees, okay, it doesn't matter where your wages are, you are charged income tax and payroll tax. Income tax only applies if you make more than a certain amount. In California, for example, you can make about forty or forty-five thousand a year before you start to pay California income tax. That's husband, wife, couple of children, 
You have all the write-offs. On, so so that's a big amount. That's a big bucket of people, 40000 plus, And you don't pay any income tax. And yet you get the same vote as somebody who pays a lot of income tax. States like Arizona and Utah, they have a flat tax of about 5%. Doesn't matter who you are, you make 5%. Your first 5% comes to the state. That's a big deal because it leaves money for charities. Imagine that. For your church, for your organization, that's another 10%. So whereas a lot of people are, are loyal and diligent to help their, their nonprofits and their charities, the state still only takes 5%. In the state of California, New York, New Jersey, guess what? They take 15, 12, 15. They take most, if not all of it. Why give to the charity? Right By the time... You're a middle-class working person, single dad working, or you know, single parent, I should say, uh, that's working, and the other parents at home. One, two, three, four, five children, whatever. Yeah, what what do you get at the end of the story? Federal tax, state tax, payroll tax. Every time you work, you make less than half goes into your pocket. Some of that calculation, believe it or not, is Social Security six. That's from your pocket. And your employer, guess what they pay? 6.2%. Identical. So that means the first $100 that you make, $6.20 goes to Social Security. And your employer also has to take $6.20 and put it into Social Security. So every time you ask for a pay raise, from your job, it is not a pay raise of what you think to the employer. The employer has to pay more because they have to put in workers' comp. They have to put in Social Security. They might have to put in a pension contribution, all based on that rise. It's part of the strategy of the left. The far left's job is to make minimum wage higher. Why? Because you always pay payroll tax. You do not always pay income tax. The reason the left wants you to go from 12 to $15 an hour or 15 to 20 or, quote, a living wage is 25, whatever their story is, is because 100% of that income is subject to payroll tax. Social Security and disability, federal and state, 100% of your wages are not subject to income tax. Only the wealthy, the middle, upper middle class and the wealthy are paying the income tax. But the first dollar, the poor person, guy, gal, struggling, young person, uh, college, the first dollar they make, the government takes money and puts it in to the workers' comp, sorry, the uh, uh, Social Security and the disability, 6.2, 6.2. And it's more than that if you add others. In the state of California, for example, I know I'm giving you percentages, sorry, it's 7.625. All right, so another 1.5%. That goes in the state of California's pocket. Okay, ready for this? Crazy reaction to COVID happens. Now what? Who got laid off? Who didn't work? Restaurants, nail salons. Right, that, that lower wage worker where 100% of their wages were subject to the payroll tax? 
about a trillion dollars. Some say more. Some say close to $1.5 trillion in wages are gone and will never come back. Ready for this? About $125 billion in Social Security deposits were never and will never be made. That means those dollars are gone from Social Security. That means they will never be made. But guess what? Did you guys all get your Social Security check? All through the pandemic, it kept coming in, didn't it? So nobody's making a deposit on one side and you are making a withdrawal on the other side. And some of the folks that said, well, I'm going to work till 65, 67, the pandemic hits. They can't work at 63, 64. So they say, you know what? I'm just going to retire early. They were a contributor to the system, a contributor to the social security pot. And hundreds, if not tens of thousands of people decided, eh, I'm flipping a switch. I'm going to retire early. Life's too short. Okay. They stopped putting into Social Security, and now they're one of those that are taking out. There's a big problem there because Social Security system used to be about people putting in. Believe it or not, it was about 32 people putting in and one person taken out. Today, it's about two people putting in and one person taking out. That's a problem. Because as we approach this 50% mark of about two people putting in and one person taking out, whenever there's a hiccup in the system, COVID reaction, right? The reaction to COVID shut down businesses that had no business being shut down. And what took place? Boom. Sorry. Bye-bye. No money being deposited into Social Security. And as the worker shortage, people are getting paid to stay home, unearned income right? That $1,400, the $1,000 a month or $300 extra a week, whatever the states, the counties, the federal government was giving you to stay home. Zero of that was contributed to Social Security. So you were making the money, spending it on stuff, not paying your rent. We'll get into that in a little bit. But None of those dollars went in to fill the bucket of Social Security. So small businesses, employers that had many minimum wage or minimum wage plus type jobs, $15, $18 an hour jobs, said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to hire robots. Yeah, it's going to cost me money, but eventually it will pay off. These people can't call in sick. I can work them past these labor laws, these laws that say, oh, nine to five with a break and a lunch break, and you better prove it. And if you can't prove that you took a break, the employee is always right and on and on and on. They said, all right, fine. Well, we'll, we'll just go hire a robot. Or they outsource it, right? They send the work to India or to the Philippines for customer service. They send the work out of state. So some of the state Income taxes are not going to be done because other states, right? California and New York, they just keep feeding people for staying home. But other states like Florida and Texas said, we're done. We're not giving you any extra money. There's no uh, extension here. You have to go to work. Go find a job. So people in those states 
are working. People in those states have small businesses. Jobs that that can be bounced out of the states that are high, again, California, the Washingtons, the Oregons, are, are now moving those jobs that can be done remotely. Remember, remote workforce. Now, the state doesn't receive its disability benefits. And if it's bounced out of country, the Philippines, uh, uh, India, Pakistan, manufacturing jobs, China, right? Believe it or not, it's pretty expensive to manufacture in China now. They're no longer the, the cheap kid on the block. If you can remember back far enough, depending on your age, made in Japan was a kind of a joke, right? We'd say, oh, made in Japan, ha, 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 must be cheap. In the 40s, 50s, 60s, and then suddenly Japan creates not just a work workplace discipline, but quality products that rocked, changed, and even reshaped the world. So people started moving those jobs to ROC. Remember? Made in R.O.C, Republic of China. Remember that? <laughs> made in rock. So they made it in China. Then China now is becoming top of the world when it comes to innovation by stealing mostly. We know that. Stealing from Japan all day long. Stealing from the United States and the European Union. That's what they do. They innovate a little bit, but really they're, they're expert thieves. Espionage, etc. But anyway, I digress. So China now has really reached a maturity. So now it's Vietnam. Now it's Sri Lanka. Bangladesh. You know, it's been this is a morphing that's been happening over the last, let's say, decade because China's really come into its own. Very high tech place. Very, um, what's the right word? Uh, cutting edge in some of its cities and city designs. Well, those people need real wages. They can't work for less money. But not in Vietnam. So do you think manufacturing, any any manufacturing that's left, right? After President Trump brought all of those jobs here, what that did is it boosted Social Security, you guys. Most of you don't know that because that's a yay job made in America. Yeah, we are pro-American. I'm a patriot. But really what took place was he was reinforcing and rebuilding the Social Security system. Because now the wages to do those jobs are United States wages by United States workers. And now with Biden in place, shoving more business down to Mexico, shoving more business up into Canada, and believe it or not, it's what NAFTA did, right? When President Clinton came along, oh, I'm for the working people. You don't understand. What did he do? Why do you think the Social Security system lost nearly a decade of guaranteed wages under the NAFTA program. Meaning, when they shoved businesses and jobs as if you could work in Tijuana or in El Paso, Texas, uh, six of one, half dozen of another, is what NAFTA said, the North American Free Trade Agreement. And when Clinton passed that and pushed jobs out of the United States and Obama recertified it, reinforced it, pushed jobs out of the United States, those workers down in those uh, countries contributed zero to the United States Social Security. So fast forward, President Trump does the math, believe it or not, 
he had a calculator. A lot of these politicians have no clue how to, one, run a business, two, work a a financial calculator. I don't mean one plus one, but a real financial calculator. Just not what they do. President Trump knew it. He did the math. He could carry the one, divide by two. It's pretty easy. We could do that. And what you saw take place was the reinforcement, the building up, the shoring up of Social Security. I think there's some challenges coming down the road. Let me give you my number, folks. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's 888-99-RETIRE. So you can always reach out. Maybe I can help you because I think your retirement accounts, your personal retirement accounts are going to need to supplement your Social Security checks. I just think you have to have a plan B. Maybe even a plan C, right? Especially if you had a pension. Remember, pensions work very similar in the sense that in Social Security, you have to have earned income. You go to work, you earn your income. Some goes to the Social Security bucket, 6.2%. The employer, 6.2%. Now imagine that you work for, I don't know, Boeing, Lockheed, uh, Post Office, any organization where you also receive Social Security and a pension. So your employer has to put money into Social Security and has to put money into your pension. So you don't get it both ways, guys. In other words, you don't get to say, I want to make a lot of money right now and I want a great pension so I can sit at home and make the same amount of money. You didn't do anything. You're, you're retired. You're home. I mean, you might be nice. You worked hard for 40 years. I get it. But you're not producing any widgets or fixing anything or, or, or repairing any things. You, you just exist. So you want to sit home or travel or do whatever you want to do, exist and make the same amount of money, then you have to plan ahead. You have to prepare. For some people, you said, listen, I'm going to work for this entity because the job pays well, but more importantly, the benefits. Pension, health care. Well, those things aren't free. Everybody wants, I want free health care. Well, of course you do. Everybody wants free stuff, right? Give me free stuff. I'll take it. Oh, air if we included a second piece of pie. I'll take it. Thank you. Right? Everybody wants it. But you realize if you're going to get, quote, free health care, then the doctors have to work for free. And the nurses have to work for free. And you tell me what kind of doctors and nurses quality as far as quality of work are going to be who are going to work for free it isn't going to happen you know it i know it so eventually somebody has to pay right we want to we want to waive student loans again we'll get to that in the second half of the hour i think you need to understand how that's going to impact you as a retiree it's going to impact you this quote free college Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. All right, I think part of what you have to do, guys, when it comes to the social security reinforcement, is getting people back to work. When the robots, if you will, take over, I don't know if it's going to be like some of the Will Smith movies where the robots take over, but when they start to fill in the blanks, we already saw that fast food restaurants. I would go in. You know, I don't go to them very often, and if I do, I'm usually going through a drive-through on the way to an appointment or something. But I walked into one probably three years ago, maybe more, 
and there was two people inside. The blue shirt, which is the manager, and then the cook, which person wore a white shirt. Because you know they do that, right? They have different color shirts at the different fast food places. White is the lower, blue is the manager, supervisor, whatever. So the blue shirt person was running around and taking the, the orders and putting them in a bag and handing to people. But who took my order? It was an ATM kiosk. Right? You, you touch the thing and then it pops up and it says, oh, I want a hamburger, extra this, none of that. Light spread here, give me extra that. Push, push, push. Comes up on a little ticker in the back and the, the cook puts it all together. When it's done, the manager puts it in a bag and hands it to you. How many jobs were lost because of that robot, because of that ATM machine? Three, two, three, four. And remember, this is these are people that can't afford... They work part-time to supplement the wages in the family. It's not a, oh, I'm raising six kids on a minimum wage job. Nobody does that. And if you do, you're dumb. You, you should know better. How are you going to take care of yourself and your family when Social Security struggles? We've got an answer for you when we come back. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Thanks for being here. We're going to continue in just a minute. I'm Eric Howley. This is your place for news, talk, and information. We'll be right back. Financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. The Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. All right, we're talking about your family's finances and getting out of debt, managing money. We always have something that's interesting, I think, because the job of what we talk about is to kind of get you to think differently than your everyday, I don't know, financial show, right? Percentages and bell graphs and we're going to give you a portfolio of a prospectus that has a rational rate of return. You're like, okay, buddy. Listen, I, I, I just want to keep my money safe. I don't want to lose it. I'd like to make a reasonable rate of return. I mean, that's, that's I don't know if that's over the top, but I, I, that's what I would like. Is that possible? Well, yeah, TFS Financial Insurance Services, that's what we do. If we can help you get... Uh, at least out of debt, managing your money, planning for that future and walking down that reasonable rate of return line. If overall you have a strategy or a plan to kind of get to that retirement date or to stay retired, well, we just talked about Social Security. I think there's going to be some pressure on Social Security. Apparently at age, uh, or sorry, in the year 2032, probably after COVID, I'm guessing we're going to be 2031. Two years ago, it was 2033. And President Trump was working on extending it by bringing those jobs back to the United States, having Social Security wages taxed in the United States, and having those dollars pushed into the Social Security system to support it. And of course, you know, they called him everything from a, a Nazi to whatever, even though his, his daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren were Jewish. But boy, yeah, he was that undercover, you know, whatever. You guys know better than that. It's rehashed. But here's the problem. That's the, that's the other side of the generation. The, the, the side of the generation where 
people are going to college or wanting to continue education and they say, but I want something for free. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, these student loans, you know, I, I can't get a job. I make $16 an hour and my job, but I have uh, 25 or 50 or 75,000 in student loan debt. That's not fair. Forgive my student loans. You say, excuse me. If you worked for me and you partied when you were supposed to be studying Right, you ditched school, you slept in, you went to school in a hangover, then you are no longer a good employee. And if I am one of the taxpayers that is that's paying for that college experience, as you say, then you need to be paying me. Because you took student loans and grants. You didn't show up on time. You ditched school. You should be paying the stuff the, 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 the taxpayers. I mean you understand that, right? Professors, some of you didn't show up for work. I was in college. I showed up and worked for, you know, studied for a test and showed up and they said, oh, the professor didn't show up today. There's no class. Oh, let me guess. You're going to dock the professor's pay one day? Oh, no, you didn't because he is tenured. Tenured. No, not tethered. Sounds the same, but completely different. Not tethered. Tenured. Meaning I can call you a name, punch you in the nose, and you can't fire me. Oh, Wait. Unless you're conservative now, now you're a threat. You're a threat to the socialist movement. So we have to keep you at bay. So we'll fire you. And when the colleges and professors in 2021, 2020 to 2021 that year, right? Average pay, ready for this? $140,000 for a full-time college professor. $140,000. You ready for this? This is even more exciting. Uh, they only worked about eight months out of the year. So what is that really? I don't know. Maybe another, maybe maybe in real life dollars, if you had worked full time, that's a 210, 220. Oh, and by the way, pensions, matching into the retirement accounts, uh, benefits, the best health insurance you can buy just about, dental, Oh, and P.S., your kids attend that same college for free, for free. Your kids are the same ones that you that we're paying you $140,000, $50,000 cash money gone, plus benefits. You're probably well over 200000 And then your child gets to attend for free as if you're just some poor, you know, hey, gosh, golly, D.G., darn it, you are going to work and you're going to serve others as a university professor. So we will help your child, that poor, disenfranchised young person, attend the university for free. So you see at the end, you ask them right, to work for free. You say, listen, uh, college loans, because who, who do you think uh, pays for all of that? Taxpayers, directly, indirectly, and or rich white students is what they will tell you. Because they don't allow you to attend that college and say, well, uh, I'm just going to pay for what I receive. The professor showed up three out of four times, so I'm only going to give you 75% of the tuition. Uh, We only ended up using the book uh, maybe 30% of the time, so I'm only going to pay for a book 30% of the book. Nope. 
right? You know this where professors, even community college professors, will write their own book, get it approved as a curriculum, and then mandate you buy it from the bookstore. So now the professor's making money as an author and then making money as a teacher and then getting the pension and getting the 401k benefits and getting the medical I'm okay with that. Listen, that's a job. If we as a society say we're going to pay that, those people, I'm good with that. Here's where I'm not good. You pay them taxpayer money. They get to crap on the same government that's giving them and the same citizens that are giving them that taxpayer money by teaching something other than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right? They put their social agenda with an expiration of critical race theory and the ability to have a white person stand up and say, see, this person is oppressive. And the guy's like, dude, excuse me, I, uh, uh, I didn't have lunch. Oh, yeah, but, but this, this man is part of a system and he is the only one paying? Because if you are any kind of minority in most of these public colleges and now private schools, a lot of them are paying very little. Try to be a wealthy male white attending university. You don't get any tax breaks. I'm not saying you should. But what I'm saying is when you go down the road of giving them, giving somebody something, money, prestige, position, promotion, for something they cannot control. I can't control who my parents were. I can't control what country or city or state I lived in when I was a kid. I don't. So don't take something from me, though. That's, that's what Martin Luther King said. Don't take something from, from me for something I can't control, but I can control the content of my character. I can control my actions. I can control who I am and what I say. So let's work towards a society, says he, where people don't have something taken from them for something they cannot control. We are now in the opposite. We are in the pendulum swinging the complete other direction, which is ready for this. We're going to give you something for something you can't control. Oh, no, no, sir. I'm okay. I'm Michael Jordan's kids. Oh, yeah, but you must have been oppressed somewhere. Uh, No, my dad's worth about a billion dollars. No. Say no more, young persecuted child. We will give you grants. You can go to the front of the line because your great, 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 great grandfather was oppressed. Uh... Okay, but I'd rather have a a brand new BMW. I live in a house that's larger than some hotels. Uh, I don't really feel oppressed. Oh, you have now been brainwashed by that white society. When are are you guys going to stand up? Everybody doesn't want to be branded a racist. I don't want to be. You don't want to be. I have friends, family. Everybody says, look, uh, uh, that's not who we are. But if you don't think that they're going to start waiving these college loan programs for every other minority person claimant than a male white, so the only ones who are still going to, I promise you that's how it's going to happen. I can see it. Oh, you're a female. Uh, yes, we're going to. Oh, wait, you're, you're uh, whatever uh, race, religion. Oh, religion. Yeah, yeah. They're going to start waiving these college loans programs as if we as a a group, society, have decided that that person was worthy of it. Meaning, they showed up on time, their grades were proper, they worked hard, they didn't 
get drunk. They didn't, uh, you know, uh, I don't mean their weekends. I don't care. It's your weekend. But I worked as a Los Angeles policeman, both around a Cal State University and a UC University, University of California and Cal State. My area was uh, at different times because they're different locations was a different university. I know what the sororities, fraternities, the daytime, the weekends. You can't tell me that, oh, but my, not my Jimmy. There are very few solid character-based universities where you didn't have a majority of the folks party and hang out and, and do dumb things. So, And I attended uh, you know, one of those same colleges. So the idea is this. You have to look at this and see that they are now going to transfer the responsibility. They're going to transfer the risk for people that got degrees that had nothing to do with making more money, nothing to do with increasing their status in their field, right? Becoming a, from a master's to a bachelor's, a PhD. As they moved up the bachelor's, master's, PhD corridor, so that they will be much better at the way that they handle their research field, for example. Okay. Society will benefit in 15 years as they improve and get better. You can review that. But there needs to be a commission that says, you got a degree in uh, you know, why a uh, spider work, walks a, a certain way and now you're working in the fashion industry. We're not going to pay that degree. That, that's your problem. That's your waste of money. You should have known. You committed to that and you spent that money. Oh, wait, you're a physician? Oh, you're uh, an attorney researching law in a particular area? Okay, great. You know what? I, I, think, I think we can look at that. You have to apply. You have to go through an interview process. You have to tell me what you did with the money that we gave you, says society. And if you can prove that you were a good investment... And but for having that $500 a month student loan payment, you could achieve greater things in life. All right, maybe we can talk about it. But with the amount of money lost from the everyday worker, the person who takes care of his or her family, the single mom, single dad, the person who works hard to provide a service or a good, manufacturing, even if you wanted to work in manufacturing right now, they say, listen, we don't have the parts. We can't get the equipment. We can't get the raw materials. So, oh, you wanted a couch that's made. My, my parents, we bought them a, a you know, little couch system thing in their home. Yeah, it's made in the United States. Okay, well, that's good news. Oh, yeah, but by the way, there's just uh, no containers available to ship them because all those containers are sitting on an Amazon's lot. I don't know if you know this. This is interesting. Amazon and many other Walmart-type companies found it less expensive to pay the penalties to hold those shipping containers on large swaths of land. So they don't have to have warehouses. They just have shipping containers sprung about. And because there's a shortage of shipping containers, because they're not going to the, to the Amazon or the Walmart warehouse, unloaded and back into the system. They get there to their location and they just left it there. So now in China and Vietnam and, and uh, Bangladesh and all the other places where they ship these things throughout the world, uh, uh, there's none available because these shipping containers are sitting full because they can afford to pay the penalties. They can afford to pay the lease rates. 
And when they unload them, when people want them, when there's the system is back in place. You see, here's the problem. The reaction to COVID shut down a circle. And now we're trying to repair and replace different parts around that circle. And I don't know how long it's going to take. Maybe it's never been done like this before. Maybe it'll take, you know, uh, twice the amount of time for, for as long as it was shut down, right? Two years for every one year something, maybe. God forbid an event doesn't occur that causes the real estate market or the stock market to collapse in this process, right? Because we're not a healthy, we're wounded right now. And when you're wounded, when you have a society that the socialists and the progressives continuing to tell people that they're oppressed, even if you're Michael Jordan's son, even if you're Samuel L. Jackson, that you are oppressed and you have the world against you, how much less then does somebody who does not have that fame, fortune, money, status, and he or she works in the inner cities. They go to school. The society is telling them, listen, I don't care what you do. You don't have a chance, man. Everybody's against you. Like, excuse me? Didn't we just have a biracial president just recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, but he got lucky. Didn't we just have you know, a black female, Condoleezza Rice? Didn't we just have... Uh, black general, Colin Powell, uh, what, what? Oh, yeah, but those people, instead of pointing to folks that have had success, the Thomas Souls, the Oprah Winfrey, Condoleezza Rice, you, you understand Oprah and Condoleezza both came from homes that were not that good. It was not a leave it to beaver or the, the pretend Huxtable family. I don't mean the rapist later that he is, but the actor he portrayed. I don't, listen, that's, it's, it's not the way it goes. And you take that hope. That is literally, guys, the one thing you cannot take from a society and expect it to work. And that is hope. When you remove hope from a prisoner of war, they fail. When you remove hope from a, a person who's committed a crime, but they're going to be out, right? They have the little chicken scratch, one, two, three, four, X, right? A, a line through it, that's five. They count the days, the weeks, the months. Because there's a moment in time when you know it's done. When you remove hope from a young generation, white or black, it doesn't matter. And you tell them it doesn't matter what you do, society and everybody else is against you. Then what do you think they're going to do? Do you think anybody even is going to try? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. And so you, you tell them, listen, we don't even believe in you that much, so we're going to just forgive your student loans, and then we're going to pay you to stay home, and we're going to tell colleges they have to give you education for free. Here's my prediction. I've been doing radio now for almost 18 years, and in this period of time, the first few years you might have heard me mention was all about credit card debt and how corrupt the Delaware-based Joe Biden-protected companies were, because that's what it was. Literally, every time we would have a law that would come up, Joe Biden would squash it in the Senate because Delaware is one of those states, like, oh, I have a Nevada corporation. I have a Wyoming corporation. Well, Delaware is the place to be. If you are a corporation, you want consumer protection, and you are hurting people, in reality, called the credit card companies, and back then especially. So Joe Biden protect them. He was on the take with them. His kids worked for them. 
Well, that, that was our fight. Our fight for the first three or four years of my radio career was that. Then it became student loans. We started seeing this percolate. We started seeing people get a degree in English, and they're not going to be a teacher. I said, what are you going to do with your degree? I don't know, but I have 45000 so i got to get a job somewhere. My, my uh, uncle has a job in real estate, so I'm going to work. What? Okay, well, that's fine, uh, but you shouldn't have taken student loans for that kind of a, just work. Take an extra career. Uh, start off in community college. What an idea. Those kinds of things started popping up about, I'd say, 14 years ago, 13, 14, 15 years ago. Today, $1.7 trillion, T, trillion dollars in student loan debt. And back then, it was under $500 million. I think we were $200 million or some, somewhere in that number. It means these kids are never going to pay it off. Not a little bit, never. I don't mean the onesies, twosies, the 3000 4000 in student loan debt. They'll pay that off, of course. I'm talking about the 50s, 60s, 70s. Because remember this. When you go to work and you make $10,000, you don't receive $10,000. After payroll tax, after unemployment insurance, all the 7.625 in California, 6.2 in, in other states, and on and on. Oh, wait, income tax. So your 10000 is really maybe six. So then you take your six and you have to pay for your food and shelter and clothing oh, and your student loan payment. That means for every $10,000 in student loan debt that you have, you actually have to make around fifteen or 16000 And that does not include the interest. So if you don't pay it off this year, next year you have to not make fifteen or sixteen, but maybe sixteen or seventeen thousand dollars because you have to make it pay your taxes get what's left and then pay the student loan debt and when there isn't the work ethic of that generation when there isn't the ability for them to move up the chain because there's no prestige in working for a fast food restaurant according to some on the left everybody has to start off at a tech company a startup right at a hundred thousand a year just for showing up because they have a degree they can't spell degree, but man, they have one. And you look at these young people who used to work their way up, they would learn discipline, work ethic, showing up on time, the quality, the, the, the life lessons that you, working with a team, working in an environment, right? All of those things, you can't put a price on it. And now those young people, as they're kind of navigating through that world, some of those jobs are replaced by robots. Sorry, too much money. Sorry, the government says that if I have more than 50 employees, I have to offer health insurance. So I'm going to force my company to be in the 47, 48, 49 employee range. We see that all the time. Because you cross over that 50 mark and a whole lot of world starts crashing down on you, financially speaking. So they said, well, we're going to keep our company small. So you either have to be really big. You understand this is, this is how the Googles and the Amazons uh, and the Facebooks, this is how they stay large. By oppressing and, and minimizing the ability for any competition to come along. It's all done on purpose. It's not a conspiracy thing at all. It's very, uh, there, there's business uh, theories behind this. There's business methods on 
You want an equal playing field. Then once you win, you want to make it difficult for your competitors. Walmart thrives in that environment. Regulatory, they support regulatory, they support Democrats when they didn't support them before because they wanted a free chance, they wanted a shot. And then once they're up there, now they want regulatory just for the safety of, you know, we, we need to be safe. The new four-letter word, guys, yeah, it was fair. Try, I know that's three letters, but we're going to give it a, I don't know, a bonus letter. Alex, can I have a bonus letter? Yeah, you can. Try. What do you want? I just want an extra uh, in the middle. Okay. (laughs) What about in your neighborhood? I'm building a house. And once my house is done, I don't think we need any more houses here, guys. The traffic, you know, the pollution. I can't see the stars anymore. I can't see the mountains. So, uh, so once my house is done, okay, now that is enough. Aha, see, you know, it in, you know it in your home. You know it when they build your house. Well, they do that in big business. And that is the stifling of the young people who had a chance. It's very difficult to get off your feet, to get off, you know, to get off the starting line as an entrepreneur. And that's what these big businesses, they want to keep you as smaller employees. Look, it's, it's not a secret. It's just the way it is. So you have to struggle through that. And when you have that ball and chain anchor on the other side called your student loan debt, your creativity is stifled. Your freedom is stifled to go look for a job, take that new job, take that job at the startup. Well, I can't. I have this student loan debt. I have to, I have to get a regular real job, real job. Your ability to try something different that you never have done before, but nope, sorry, I got to be the sure thing because I have to pay my student loan debt. I can't take a chance. You see how it starts to shape a generation, starts to push that. Well, those are the folks that pay the taxes for you and me in Social Security someday. Those are the folks that have to go to work. And if they're discouraged, they're going to sit home and make their $1,000 a week. All right, guys. Every week at this time, I want to thank you for being with me. It's a great show. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me on the Total Financial Hour. On your place for news, talk, and information. Have a wonderful week.